So say you are interviewing someone and you get on a phone call with them. Are there any like initial red flags or any initial green flags that you would give advice to people who are interviewing right now? I would say, first of all, always be early. Okay. Always be early. It's something that is my biggest pet peeve when people are late on to meetings, especially in interviews. That is your first impression of someone. Um, I think for any virtual interviews that aren't in person, make sure you have your camera on. You have a clean professional background. You know, there aren't people walking behind you. If you can avoid that, I would say if you can avoid being in a bedroom to have a bed behind you, do that, like avoid that 100%. Welcome back to Working Girls Don't Gatekeep, where I set out to answer the questions, what jobs are out there? How do I get these jobs? And what does that title even mean? I'm interviewing women who are in all different stages of their career. Some have been in their roles for many years. Some are transitioning into new industries. Some are job hunting and some are business owners, but they all have one thing in common. These working girls don't get geek. All right. Well, I'm excited to get started today. I have my good friend, Grace. She is a senior sales director at a leading advertising company in Dallas, Texas. Her and I know each other through Marco Island. Um, Her mom and I actually first met and then we got introduced through her mom and we've just always had a lot of fun and stayed in in contact. Um, When Grace comes to Marco Island, we always have a lot of fun. Grace has been at her company now for over six years and has had at least five promotions there. She went to TCU and studied business and entrepreneurship. And I love that she minored in Spanish because I also studied Spanish in college. I don't think I can speak much of it today, but maybe Grace can. Oh, no, I can't. Okay. (laughs) Margarita. (laughs) Margarita. Grace has had a handful of leadership roles and internship roles throughout college and her career. And something I really want to congratulate her for is that she was just nominated for the 30 under 30 in Dallas this year. So congratulations, Grace. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited. I want to learn more about that. So we'll get back to that in a little bit. But one question I want to start off with is obviously we're going to be talking about our careers here today. But do you have, do you have a favorite fun job or what was your first job that you've ever had? Well, this isn't my first job I ever had, but I will say in college, I did an internship at AMC theaters headquarters and I was such a movie freak. I loved going to the movies. It was really just the segue to the popcorn. (laughs) But I grew up in Kansas City and AMC is actually headquartered there. So I heard about this program that they were doing and it was actually for um, risk management and insurance, like something I so didn't know anything about, wasn't studying, really had no interest in it. But I was like, hey, I get to go to the AMC headquarters every single day (laughs) and I get free movie tickets and popcorn. Like what's not to love about that? But I did really learn a lot. I was working with a great manager named Matt Ecton, who I'm still in close contact with today. 
And I was really learning the whole business side of things when it comes down to uh, risk management. So insurance, those slip trips and falls that happen. I'm learning about how each of the Coke machines are made. I'm really getting into the nitty gritty things of really stuff I would never think about. So that was really cool. I met a lot of great people through that internship. Obviously, everyone knew that I was not pursuing insurance or risk management. (laughs) But it was a great way to, you know, coming back home to Kansas City to work there for the summer and wonderful contacts that I still have today. Well, that's amazing. I would also probably want some type of internship where I can get free movies and free popcorn, especially in college when I didn't care about what I ate. (laughs) Right. I know it was wonderful. Or I would just go in and pick up the popcorn and bring it home to my parents. (laughs) Oh, I bet your parents love that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So I personally don't even know what risk management is. So you mentioned that there's like slip slips and falls and things like that. Um, does that happen often at movie theaters? What would your role be if you were to have pursued that? Yes. So slips, trips, and falls, I guess this happens a lot in the movie theaters. Uh, you know, it's dark in there. They have all different demographics coming in. I think uh, really my biggest project for the summer was to identify all of the spots in the movie theater where, or really in the theater as a whole, not just where the movies are played, where all of those injuries or, you know, potential um, liabilities would come from. So what we ended up discovering after months of analysis was all pretty much the majority of those injuries would come from someone slipping by the Coke machine. And uh, I came up with a new process for all the AMCs nationwide of um, buying different mats that were underneath the um, Coke machines. So it was a more absorbent and like rubbery feel. I haven't been into an AMC in like about two or three years, but if you go in next time and you see a more rubbery mat underneath those uh, drink machines... You can thank me. (laughs) I have grace to thank. (laughs) Okay, cool. And I guess a major question for this, it sounds like an awesome opportunity and it's also a really big, big company. Like obviously we know what AMC theaters is. How did you get that job? So actually I had um, an older friend that went to TCU and actually grew up in Kansas City that did this program as well. And he was into insurance and commercial real estate. Like he wanted to do that. And then it's actually a nomination process to be considered for this internship. And he nominated me. And then it went through quite a few rounds of interviews. And then it was just a good fit. Cool. Okay. So somebody you knew from college. That's, that's awesome. Yes. And and went to high school with him and he, he thought it was just such a great opportunity and he was older and was like, this is such a fit for you. Just like the networking, the, where it is. And he knew that I love movies. Yeah. I mean, and turns out you still have connections there. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Is there anything else you want to share about that before we move on to kind of your post-college career path? 
No, I think that's it. I, I really learned quite a bit for risk and insurance management. Never knew anything about it. And I think it's always good to dip your toes in different opportunities where you can potentially learn more. But, you know, if you walk away and you didn't really learn a lot or you realize you didn't like it, at least you got to meet some more people to do so. Yeah, I mean, even learning the fact that you don't want to be in risk and an insurance is a lesson. So I would say that you took a win out of that for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So you go back to TCU, you finish out college, and then what? So when I was, I guess it was the very beginning of my senior year, I knew that I wanted to secure a job well before graduation because I wanted to have fun. It was my my senior year. (laughs) So I was applying to basically every company that would come in and speak in my classes. I was doing all the LinkedIn applications. Some of those were sketchier than others. Um, And then I also had some opportunities with big corporate companies like Aldi and a few others in the healthcare industry. So I really thought that I wanted to be in healthcare or work for a corporate company uh, that was public. Little did I know that was not really the fit for me at that time. I was actually um, with one of my girlfriends on a walk and she was like, hey, I know this girl that works at this company called Simplify. They're headquartered here in Fort Worth. It's more of a startup. Uh, You should go check them out. And I was like, okay, I don't really know anything about this. I don't want to stay in Fort Worth after college. I've just lived here for four years. But hey, let me go interview. Um, This is a digital advertising company. They put ads on the internet and the TV and they work with brands and agencies. So I go in and I didn't really, that's all I knew. I didn't know like the ins and outs of it, what they were doing. I just thought they were an advertising agency. Um, Then I went in and I interviewed for a client services role. That was all they were hiring for, uh, for someone of my expertise right out of college. And they, um, I would be, you know, communicating with clients, but I would be building out all of their campaigns and doing the coding behind everything, like HTML5 um, ads to be put on the internet. And then I did that for about, I don't know, three months. And I was like, okay, now I kind of understand what I'm doing. I want to be in sales. I want to go and meet with clients. I want to know like the whole process that comes behind this to sell through a full campaign, you know, prospecting everything. And I also was like, well, that's where the money is going to be. So I started applying for all of the junior sales roles. Keep in mind, I'm 22 years old. Mm -hmm. They are not hiring anyone with at least without at least four years of sales experience working in the same industry have all the contacts. So I was the youngest sales director by like 10 years. years. So I ended up uh, landing that junior sales role and I did it for a couple of years and I was working under the top sales directors in my company. Then, um, you know, I was like, okay, well, when's my turn? When's my turn? I want to do it. And A few years ago, I was promoted to uh, the sales director role and I was covering 
a few different territories, but also keep in mind, this was my first real job out of college. I didn't have a lot of contacts. My territory was Michigan. I live in Fort Worth. I would find, I would go to this email checker.net, make sure it was a valid email. Um, you know, I would make up some emails based on how I saw the alias for other contacts. And then I would just rapid fire send emails. Now there are a lot of different ways, like a sales loft, there's a way to automate all of that. So you can like bulk mass email people um, and just change sequences, things like that. Yes, exactly. I never did any of that. Um, (laughs) So on Monday nights, I would start drafting out all of my emails and then, you know, they would be tailored to that person. If I saw, Hey, like, on LinkedIn, they like the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm leading with that. And I would probably send, I don't know, anywhere from, you know, eight to 10 emails per contact. Uh, So that really got the ball, ball rolling with this. And I got a lot of practice. I got used to a lot of rejection. Yeah. But my first year going in, I actually was ended up being rookie of the year, the number one mm-hmm. new sales director which was exciting. Wait, you're the brand, you're 10 years younger than all these people. You get rookie of the year and you're starting to build these contacts kind of out of the blue. Now, are you, that must mean that you're hitting quota. Do you guys have a monthly quota? Yes. Everyone's goals each month are different. Um, It's based on what you did the year before, but yes, I exceeded my year one goal. Wow. Go Grace. (laughs) Yeah. So that was really exciting to win that award, get some acknowledgement within the company. And then I really, year two, I hit the ground running, um, was focused on prospecting, but also growing and retaining my book of business. Um, I finished off year two as number one in uh, new business and in like the top two for year over year growth. And then as I got into year three as a seller, um, which is this year, I am number one in the company, which Mm -hmm. is exciting. Wait, number one in the company, Grace. Now, this is not a small company anymore, you guys. How big is your company? And like, how big is your team? Because this is crazy impressive. Yes. So I was going to actually share this. So when I first started at the company, there were maybe... 80 or 80 people or so I'm number I'm employee number 85. Um, There are over 650 uh, employees at our company now. That is so impressive because you're number 85 out of 600. And what I thought was so cool is your email address is literally just your name at your company. (laughs) Like that's when you know that somebody is an OG when they're not like (laughs) uh nicole.hellenbrand55 at company name <laughs> right yeah so that great. does make my email address easy to remember <laughs> yeah but yeah in our sales organization i believe they're just under 150 that's a lot okay and are you are you now at a point where people are under you yes okay so people report to you as like a manager so when they have issues and stuff they probably call you or slack you or whatever Yes. And then I have um, strategic partner managers that, which is basically the junior sales role that I was in. And uh, they work and help me with my book load because I work with 64 active accounts 
So those are brands and agencies. So it really helps relieve some of my bandwidth to have that support. Okay. Are these 64 that you have right now, are they still in Michigan? Are they some of the original people you were cold calling? Yep. I I had a call with my first client I ever signed on today, actually. Um, (laughs) That is so rewarding. Yes. So it's been uh, some, now my territory is really all over the place. I have a lot in Minneapolis. I have a lot of Wisconsin, the Dakotas. Um, but now primarily my territory is St. Louis. Um, so it's shifted a bit, you know, as the company grows, we have more bodies all across the country that can call on places that are closer to them that make more sense geographically. So I'm calling on St. Louis because I'm on the Midwest central team okay. and I have some family that lives there and some good friends. So I was fine to take on a smaller market because of my book size currently. So when I had had free reign to start calling on different cities and metros, I uh, took advantage of that. <laughs> I closed all yeah. the hanging fruit. Um, so now I'm I'm pretty much focused in St. Louis and calling on brands. I figured that's where I need to focus my time on this year. Okay. What does that mean? You're focusing on brands instead of like car dealerships or, and I guess, what are you selling? Yes. So I will use, um, an example here. Let me think of one. Um, a brand would be like McDonald's. Uh, if I was calling on an agency, it would be the agency that McDonald's hired. Um, that, that's who they work with. And then the agency handles everything. Um, I am selling programmatic advertising. So that's the real time advertising. Um, you know, when you think that your phone might be listening to you or like knows where you are, it's those ads that you're like, Oh, I would, I was just looking up that like, or I was on revolve shopping. And then now I keep getting an ad on Instagram for the dresses that I wanted, but I didn't buy. Yeah. Or whenever I whisper into my husband's phone, this, the certain bag that I want, then it pops up. <laughs> That's how you do it. That's yeah. how you do it. But yeah. I will say, uh, simplify. We are not listening to you. It's all about, you know, something that you may have searched on another device or a location that you have been in. If you have your location services on, on your phone. So like a weather app an Uber app, it's constantly pinging those satellites to let them know your location. So if you go into a certain area or if you're in a certain store, we're allowed to retarget you because those location services are on. Okay. But then I'll put the ads on, you know, any like display ads on the internet. Um, if you're on like Wordle on the, on your phone <laughs> through an app, or if you're streaming Hulu and you get an ad um, in between Real Housewives, that is, um, those are the ads that I put up. Okay. I have one more question on that, but because you mentioned it, um, Real Housewives, have you been watching the new New York season and do you like the women? Uh, it's funny you ask. I started <laughs> it yesterday. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have two more episodes to watch before I'm caught up. You're I, a Roni girl. I'm a Roni girl. I've never seen the original. <gasps> Okay. Well, this is more interesting. What do you think of the new season? I like the new season so far. I, um, 
I don't know why I never watched it before, which I probably should. I they just have so many dang seasons. Right. I like um I like Uba. Yep, she's funny. I like Aaron, but I don't really know. Um, I was talking with the coworker today. I I think I need to get caught up because I it's just background noise at this point. I don't know that you need to get caught up because this is a totally new season and these women don't really have too much to do with the old season. So I feel like you don't like, this is a perfect time to start. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And yeah, like, I don't know. I needed something else to just throw on in the background. Yeah. But yeah. And I think I like seeing, I think I just like seeing the city too. That's exactly. It reminds me a little bit of like, if sex in the city were to be more like drama, you get to see the cool parts of New York city that you love and the weird and cool fashion that you can literally wear whatever you want. And then sometimes they go out East to the Hamptons and I know you've been there. So I'm sure it's just super fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that. I don't know if they're like this in the original or like the, the first, whatever the original, Mm -hmm. but I like that they show where like everyone lives and like, they're like Brooklyn, West village, Chelsea, Soho, like, I'm, or maybe I just didn't really know New York as well as I know it now, but I, I like that because I've been in all of those areas. Yeah. Um, okay. Going back to work here for a second. And I forgot to mention my favorite girl is Erin. And I think it's because she is a successful real estate agent. Um, yeah, she's so badass. I think that's why I'm drawn to her too. Probably. Yeah. Cause she's not complaining about like, all, like she's a mom, she's married and she's working. And I haven't seen any of her drama come in, like complaining about all the other aspects in her life. Like the other women are, <laughs> I know, I know one time I watched an interview with her actually. And she was like, I was, um, I was like 26 when I had my first kid. And when, if that's, you know, in New York, that's literally a teen mom. So, and she has three kids and she had them young and she's super successful still. So she is a working girl who doesn't gatekeep. Yes. I love it. Nice segue. Yeah. Bringing it back. Um, (laughs) Okay. So I wanted to touch on one thing you mentioned. You said you chose to come back to the Midwest. I just want to give you props because I, you know, I'm from Minneapolis you frequently fly there and visit there. It was, you know, a few months ago, maybe it was like March or April or January or something. You were, I was here in Naples with your mom and you flew up to Minneapolis and Fargo, I think, or Grand Forks to do these presentations. And me and your mom were like praying for you that you don't freeze your butt off. (laughs) I know it's so cold and like, also keep in mind, I live in Dallas where it has been 110 to 113 every day for the last 18 days. So, um, I, not that I love the heat, but it's rewarding to get to go to those places like Minneapolis and Sioux Falls because it's just in the summertime because it's absolutely beautiful. But in the winter, man, it's, it's another type of cold it bites. Yeah. And you're wearing like cute clothes and cute shoes. Yes. Yeah. I realized that and something I've learned just through all of the travel, because there was a point in time where I was traveling every other week that wow. you got to wear 
all of your heavy stuff on the plane, the shoes that you're going to be wearing to all of your meetings, you need to wear them on the plane. It's not going to fit in your suitcase because your suitcase is full of all swag, yetis, all of these things to give away. Um, so, and then always wearing just like a black shirt and then I can mix it up with a different scarf or something and takes up less space in the, in the suitcase. That is a great trick. Thank you for sharing that business. And rolling, rolling everything. (laughs) (laughs) You think that works? Okay. I heard somebody the other day, um, she uses like a handheld vacuum, but it leaves all of her clothes wrinkled. So I can't get on board with that. Oh no. Okay. So now that you're a manager or you have direct reports underneath you, you're, I'm assuming that you're interviewing people. Is that right? I do not make the final say on that. I do interview people, um, you know, if they've made it past certain rounds just to see if it would be a good fit, but I don't have the final say. So say you are interviewing someone and you get on a phone call with them. Are there any like initial red flags or any initial green flags that you would give advice to people who are interviewing right now? I would say, first of all, always be early. Okay. Always be early. It's something that is my biggest pet peeve when people are late on to meetings, especially an interview. That is your first impression of someone. Um, I think for any virtual interviews that aren't in person, make sure you have your camera on. You have a clean professional background. You know, there aren't people walking behind you. If you can avoid that, I would say if you can avoid being in a bedroom to have a bed behind you, do that, like avoid that a hundred percent ever and look to see what questions they would ask in the interviews. And then I'd have those printed out with bullet points before I went to a meeting. But um, I think when you are answering questions, make it more of a story that you can tell with a clear beginning, you find out what the challenge is, how you overcame it, and then a clear, clear conclusion uh, with how everything was resolved and how um, you know, the situation had finished and wrapped up and what you did to bring value in that scenario. Those are the hardest ones, but they're so, (laughs) they make it so real because you can say, oh, I'm the best, blah, blah, blah. But if you can't back it up with a story, like you could literally just be pulling that from your back pocket. Oh, absolutely. So it needs to be backed up. And then when they ask you like, what do you think your biggest weakness is? Don't say that I I work too hard or I put too much attention in work. Um, no one wants to hear that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't care. I feel like everyone. Yes, they work. People work hard, but something that would make yourself seem a little different because that's a response that we get a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, really good advice there. The 101 toughest questions almost intimidates me, but I love that, you know, at least it prepares you because it's better to like know some of the hardest questions so that if they ask easier ones, then it's a brief, but the harder ones, maybe I need to like actually take it, be a little more prepped for it. Cause that's what it sounds like when you are interviewing people, I'm sure you can tell when they have researched the company and have put together some examples that you know, are right there on their notes or something. Absolutely. And I think with that book and the exercise that you go through, you go through X amount of scenarios. A lot of them can be applied to different questions, you know? Okay. 
So one example could be for three different questions or something. Just Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Or, and then another thing I would do going into meetings is have just like examples of like things I've done in work and what the conclusion was. And then you can really just, you know, frame that to whatever the question may be. Yeah. And one other piece of advice, write thank you notes to the people that are interviewing you. Goes a long way. Handwritten or emailed? If you can find their, um, you know, if you can send it to the company and have a handwritten letter, I think that goes miles. I bet not many people do that anymore. No, they don't. (laughs) I I was interviewed by four people at Simplify. I wrote them all handwritten notes after my initial interview. And through have you ever received one? No. I know. I know. (laughs) They must not have the Southern charm that you grew up with. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe I just like write thank you notes for everything. (laughs) I write a thank you note to my parents for my birthday. (laughs) Oh, it's probably like a selfie. Polaroid selfie. Um, Okay. So another question I wanted to ask about is really just where do people go from here? So say that I am in your shoes and I'm doing like I'm doing sales for a company similar to yours. What is the next step? What is the career path here? That is a very good question. Um, And it doesn't have to be specific to your company because obviously that'll change. But like what what do people do long term if they have a job like yours? Yeah. So I definitely have been in this job for quite a while. It's basically all I know. I was never expecting to get into tech, like tech sales really. Um, But I think it's really important to get involved in different professional groups, Mm. whether that's through the company that you're working or if there is, you know, I know like every city, major city has an advertising association. So getting involved in that and going to the events, like they're typically fun. Yes, you're going to dread it at first, but you're Mm going to meet people from so many different companies, so many different backgrounds that you never know where those connections are going to take you. Maybe it's a new friend. Oh, this could, this person could refer you to another company. Maybe they have a family member that works in a completely different industry that you've always been interested in, like fashion or real estate. There's, I think there's just something so important and valuable really of going outside of your comfort zone and meeting other people in the industry or really just even in your city, any professional groups, it will take you a lot further, I think. That's a good piece of advice. I feel like you, Grace, are really good at doing that. For a personal example for us, we, uh, when she was in Marco Island at home for Christmas break, she invited me to come out with a few people that she knew. And I was like, okay, I only literally only know Grace, but I know that if I go out with her, then I'll be able to meet a few more people. And I feel like that's just how you build friends. So outside of a career, like that's literally how you're going to find a friend. If you move to a brand new city or if you're just, because sometimes I feel like in this age and this stage of life, like people are not meeting friends the way the, in the amount that we used to, like, I'm sure you were involved in college. I know you were in a sorority, but that's when you meet a ton. And then all of a sudden you're 28, 29, you're like, I haven't made a new friend. 
Right. I know <laughs> it's hard, especially after the pandemic, everyone's at home or people are just kind of staying in their comfort zones. I, I mean, quite frankly, that when we went out that night, I had not met two of those people before ever. So are you serious? Yeah. And then it ended up being that, that one of the girls, the, the girl had um, ended up interviewing at my company. So it's like, I think things like that, they do come around. You just have to keep your eyes open and do step outside of your comfort zone. Like I know for a fact, I dread going to certain things or just knowing I'm going to have to make at the beginning, small talk, yeah. but just go put yourself <laughs> out there. It'll pay off. Do you meet friends at workout classes? I just want to know. Um, I don't like to talk when I work out. Um, <laughs> no shame make, because neither do I. I make so friends I just with know. the instruct. I make friends with the instructors because I'm a big words of affirmation girly. And if they can like call me out and be like, "Nice job, Grace," I love it. <laughs> um, but I've met a couple of people in workout classes. I met a girl through junior league volunteering and she goes to this workout facility that I was like, okay, well, I've always wanted to try it. Um, really, really hard type of Pilates. Um, but then I started going with her to those classes and now we're good friends and we hung out last weekend and just little things like that. So I think in that circumstance, like if I'm trying to make new friends and then they want to go to a workout class, yeah, I'll go, but I'm not going to go out of my way to talk to someone at a workout. Cause I'm yeah. sweaty and I'm out of breath and I like, that's not a good representation of me every day. <laughs> okay. It's probably a good representation of me because I feel like I'm always in my workout clothes, but one time at a yoga class, I feel the same way about you. I wanted to know this instructor's name literally because she takes music requests. So I was like, if she knew my name, she would let me suggest a song. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely so I would, like request how the class is going to be I did yeah. that today for Pilates and I messaged my instructor and I was like hey Matt can you please make today light and stretchy <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, I love that I wish we could work out together but I next know. time you're in town we will I know I'll come to Naples yes okay I just book flights so I'll oh. be soon okay Grace I'm counting counting on you yes absolutely well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, my last question that I always like to ask people is if there is one piece of advice that you wish you knew that you don't want to gatekeep, because here at Working Girls Don't Gatekeep, it's it's important to share. So if there's anything in terms of like what it's like to be at this age or any piece of advice, and if this is dumb, let me know. <laughs> no, not dumb at all. I think there are a few different pieces of advice that I would offer. When it comes to work, do not be afraid to introduce yourself. Like that that was something that was really hard for me in year one through really, I guess, three or four of working at a, a company. I People didn't know who I was and that was fine. I like to kind of just go under the radar. But people remember you so much more if you go up and introduce yourself. That goes a long way. I think also don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Like if you want a promotion or if you want a raise, have those candid, but yet maybe sometimes uncomfortable conversations and ask, how do I do this? Like, or is this even possible? So always ask those questions and because the worst they're going to tell you is no. And then 
you'll figure out something else. Yeah. Um, And to have a clear guideline with that. And then three, if someone asks you where you got your outfit or you found a really good sale shopping, share it with people. (laughs) I love this. It's a compliment. They're not copying, you know, what is it? It's a cop imitation is the finest form of flattery. Share that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay. Well, um, I'm, I always go to like to know it to find different clothes, but maybe I should just text you personally. (laughs) Yeah. I I'm in this Slack group with all women. It's called run the world. And we like always post when there's a sale or Mm. what they got. And that it's just, I love it. There's also a Bravo channel too, where we talk about everything. (laughs) There's a Bravo channel. Yes. Okay. My company's missing out. Maybe I need to start this, except I'm a little ashamed, but maybe I shouldn't be ashamed. No, don't just like talk to a few people that also have the interest and then you guys start it together. Famously. Yes. No problem with that. You can make it private. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for so much for joining and chatting. Um, I'm glad we got to cover everything. I'm so proud of you and Mm -hmm. just being able to know you, you inspire me in the workplace. And if there's anything I can do, I would love to. You're the best. Thank you. I'm so excited to hear this and see this podcast take off. Mm, Love you. Okay. All right. Love you. Thanks, Nicole. Bye. Bye.